you have your copy of the Word of God, turn to Mark's Gospel, Chapter 5. Mark's Gospel, Chapter 5. Do you remember what it was like when you met Jesus Christ for the first time in a real way? I'm not asking if you remember when you got baptized. I'm not asking if you remember when you joined the church. I'm asking, do you remember when Jesus Christ became more than a word to you and you met him in a very real and living way? What was the circumstance that was taking place in your life? Well, well, I dare say this. I don't know what the circumstance was externally, but I do understand inside your life there was a war that had been raging at some point. Because you see, there has to be an awareness that I am a sinner and I am in need of a Savior. And if there's no awareness that I am a sinner, then Jesus who came to seek and save the lost cannot save you because you've got to know you're a sinner before you can be saved. Does that make sense? And so he starts to disturb your spirit. He starts to make you uncomfortable in who you are, what you are. He comes and he gives you a realization that you are not all that and you have fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned to come short of God's glory. But Jesus, he came to seek and to save the lost. And when he saves you, my friends, he does a work of transforming grace inside your life. He puts that old man who had been living inside of you and he squashes him down. And he bursts inside of you the new man who is in Christ Jesus. And he changes your life. And it may not be an instantaneous thing that happens all of a sudden. But there is going to be a change that transpires or transpires in your life life he changes you and if you don't think you needed changing then why did you come to a savior look what it says in the word of God mark chapter 5 beginning with verse 21 and when Jesus was passing over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him. Aren't you happy Jesus goes with us when we have needs? Aren't you happy that God, he is moved when we come to him, he responds to us? And Jesus went with him, and much people followed and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood... For 12 years. Not to be graphic, but she started this monthly cycle and it never stopped for 12 years. And had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press. She came in the crowd behind and she touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Do you see faith in that sentence right there? Because I see faith all over that statement right there. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out from him he turned him about in the press and said who touched my clothes and his disciples said unto him 
Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that was done in her, came, fell down before him, and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. Heavenly Father, we bow before you this morning. And Father, there's people in this place right now that, God, they've got a plague of sin in their life that they need to be made whole of. And God, they have to choose to respond to you as you remove the blinders, as you reach out to them by your Holy Spirit, and you draw them, Father, unto salvation. Let them respond to you quickly, God, before it may be too late. But we love you. We praise you. Work now, even now, God, as we proclaim this message, God. You preach, God. You be glorified. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. When you come to Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, you find some unique individuals. And the first unique individual you find is over in the first of the chapter. And we refer to him as the gathering demoniac. Now, this guy was messed up. He didn't have one demon. He didn't have two demons. He didn't have three demons. He had a bunch of demons that was constantly attacking him, constantly harassing him, constantly working inside of him. He was a demon-possessed man. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus came to this place, this demon-possessed man, he was crazy out of his mind. They would try to chain him with chains, but he could get loose. They would try to help him, but it was to no he lived in a cemetery he run around cutting his body he was naked on the, he was nuts wasn't he nuts I think if you live in a cemetery you're probably a little crazy I think if, if you can break chains that are binding you, you're a little, I think when people try to help you and you resist that you're, you're a little bit busy. I, I think running around naked well that might be common but that's nuts you see, 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 he was a mess. But when he saw Jesus Christ, it tells us over verse 6 and 7 that he, this crazy man, this demon-possessed man, he runs to Jesus and he says, Jesus, the Son of God. Aren't you amazed that a crazy man knows who Jesus is and people, they want to debate who he is not? Isn't it amazing how people, want to, they want to disdain the name of Christ? But this crazy man, he came to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ reached out to this man and he responded in grace to this man. And all of a sudden this man who was crazy, he met the master. He was touched by God. He was touched by grace. And the next time you see him, he's sitting in his right mind having a conversation with other individuals. He's not crazy anymore. God can change messed up lives. God can take a mess and make a message out of it. But you've got to respond to Jesus. You just can't sit there in your piety and in your pride thinking, well, you know, I would never respond in that fashion to Christ. I'll never do nothing. Here was a crazy man that got touched by, by Christ. Jesus Christ changes lives. You know anybody's life that needs to be changed? Maybe your life needs to be changed. Maybe you don't have such a mess that this guy had, but you say, my life is a mess. Hear me. Holy God can touch your life. He was a crazy man. But there was another man in this message that came also. He wasn't a crazy man. He was a man of clout. He was a ruler. He was a leader. His name was Jairus. And he came because he had a need that he could not meet himself. And so many times in life, God works in our life, allowing needs in our life that we cannot meet ourselves, that we cannot fix ourselves. So it will draw us to him. 
Do you understand that? As long as we can fix it, we fix it. But God sometimes orchestrates, allows stuff in our lives whereby we can't fix it. So it will draw us to Jesus Christ. He had a need. See, he wasn't demonized like this gathering demoniac. But he had, he had death waiting at the doorstep because his little precious 12-year-old daughter was sick and she was dying. And he had done everything he could. And the only thing he do now was to go to Jesus for help. To go to Jesus to touch his daughter. And so he goes to Christ and says, my daughter's dying. Won't you come? Because your touch can heal her. Your touch can save her. Your touch can deliver. And Jesus said, yes. Aren't you glad Jesus said yes? And so Jesus is going with this man. And it said there was throngs of people. There was crowds of people following around. And in the process of going, we are met with a third person in the story. And this lady, we meet... She wasn't demonized and she wasn't dealing with death, but she had a disease that she could not fix. She had an issue of blood. She had a situation in her life that, 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 that cost her. She had an issue in her life that, that disabled her. She had an issue in her life that she could not take care of it herself. And so she also found herself in the same spot, looking to the same man for the same reason. She came to Jesus Christ because she needed a touch of his grace. She came to Jesus Christ because she needed a touch of his hand. And I hope you've come here today and I don't think maybe you've got disease and maybe you're not dealing with death and maybe you're not dealing with a demon but hear me you need a touch from God today because you've got something going on that just overwhelms you you got something going on in your life that you don't know if you can take another breath you've got something going on and Jesus said if you'll respond to me if you'll reach out to me he said I can touch you I can heal you I can make you well again I can work in your life and I can take this and I can use it for my glory so when you come to Jesus you'd come realizing he is the one he is the only one So here comes this little crippled up lady who's had this disease, not one year, not two years, but she has had this situation going on in her life now for 12 years. And she came in a group of people and they were all getting in her way. They were all stopping her from getting where she needed to be. Have you ever thought about how that is sometimes in our life? We know we need to get to Christ. And we start in the process of getting to Christ. But we get distracted by someone else. We get prevented by someone else. Something else comes up. Some other situation arises. And all of a sudden when we're trying to get through, we're finding ourselves having to press. It's not just as simple as bumping into him. You've got to intentionally reach out to touch him. That's the difference. And we expect I can just bump into Jesus on Sunday and I can get sung happier. I can get preached happy. And it's going to be all right. No, you've got to intentionally reach out and look unto Christ. And I dare say there's not a person in this room. We don't have issues of some sort. And this lady, she had an issue and we've all got issues. And your issue may be in your marriage. Your issue may be in your finances. Your issue may be with a prodigal child. Your issue may be with a job. Your issue may be with a calling. Your issue may be with you and the Word of God. Your issue may be that, that you're rejecting what God is saying for your life, in your life right now. But we've all got issues. And we've got to understand the way we come and deal with our issues is we come to the Master and we come and yield to the Master's touch. Because Jesus Christ, He can speak like nobody else can speak. His words have authority. His hands have grace. 
grace. He has power. Hear me. This lady said, I must get to Jesus because I've heard about Jesus. What's she hear about Jesus? I don't know. Maybe she heard Jesus went into the gathering area and all of a sudden this demoniac is sitting in his right mind. I don't know. Maybe she heard how he took that withered hand man and that little withered hand man was able to stretch that hand out. I don't know. Maybe she heard about Simon Peter's mother-in-law being sick and Jesus touched her. Maybe she heard about the wedding of Canaan where he turned that water into I don't know what she heard, but she heard about Jesus Christ. What have you heard about Jesus? Have you heard he's the king of kings and lord of lords? Have you heard he's coming back someday? Have you heard he loves his church? He loves his bride. He has a purpose for your life. Have you heard anything about Christ? Woo! What have you heard? Well, I've heard the stock market's rocking and I've heard politics is a mess and I've heard this and that and I've heard that we're calling right, wrong and wrong, right in America. But hear me, have you heard we've got a master, we've heard we've got a savior, we've heard we've got a Lord and he's going to take care of it. See, man, I can watch the news and get depressed. How about you? I can get discouraged, I can get angry, I can get depressed. But it really doesn't concern me as much as when I look at the body of Christ, the church. Because when I look at the church today, sometimes I think, Lord, your church needs your touch. Because unless your church gets your touch, this country, this world doesn't have a hope. So what have you heard? Have you heard that he is king of kings and lord of lords? Have you heard that he has power in his touch? He has the authority in his word? Have you heard? What have you heard lately? This lady heard some things about Jesus Christ. And she pressed through the crowd to get to Jesus Christ. Now look what it says there in verse 26. And she had suffered many things of many physicians. And it's been all that she had. It was nothing better, but rather grew worse. See, 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 she had completely exhausted all other alternatives. A lot of times that's where we find ourselves. It's not right, but that's where we find ourselves. We're sitting there thinking, well, well, maybe I can do this and that'll get me fixed. Or maybe brother so-and-so can do this for me and that will get me fixed. Maybe I can just call mom and dad and they can bail me out one more time and that'll get me fixed. But when you exhaust all other alternatives. See, this lady had been to the physicians and she had spent everything she had. She didn't have anything else. She had done everything. So so, so let me ask you, what is it that you're trying to find more meaning to life? What is it you're trying that would not bring you a little bit of satisfaction? What is it you're trying? Maybe, oh, I'm going to get a new hairstyle. And that's really going to help me have satisfaction in life, right? Yeah. Anthony knows that. Yeah, I'm going to get a new pair of shoes and I'm going to really feel good about myself, right? Right? No, 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 no. What is it we think we're going to do that's going to help us have more satisfaction? Maybe I'll get a new spouse. That don't work. Maybe I'm going to get a new car. See, see, until you come to the realization that the only thing that's going to give you satisfaction and purpose of meaning in his life is not stuff, but the person of Christ Jesus himself. Because when he created you, he created you with a holy void that only he can fill. And if you're not allowing him to fill your life day in and day out, if you're not abiding day in and day out in Christ Jesus, you'll never know satisfaction. You'll never know the purpose, the meaning that he wants to give your life. It's not in a new relationship. It's not in a new ministry. It is in Christ Jesus. It's not in a feel-good church church it's in christ 
And it's in the Word of God where He speaks to you and you abide in the Word. She was committing to get into Jesus. Are you that committed to get into Jesus? Because see, what I see today is there's a whole lot of folks that they're not that committed to getting to Jesus. Because it's always on my terms and always in my convenience and always to be with my comfort zone, right? Is that what you see? But this lady, she was committed to get to And she said, if I can just get close enough to touch the hem of his garment, I don't even have to touch him. But if I can just get closer to touch the, the hem of his garment, do you see the passion she has inside her? Despite the pain that she was evidently in, she said, I will get to Christ. And see, some commentators, when they say this passage, they say when she came to Christ, she was crawling to get to Jesus. You ever crawled? Have you ever been so desperate to get to Christ? You'd say, Lord, I'll crawl. I was preaching down in Tennessee years ago, and I don't know what was happening, but all of one man, he came from the back, and he was squalling like a baby. He was squalling to the top of his lungs, and he got to the altar, and he wrapped his arms around me, and I'm trying to get this microphone turned off, but I can't get that microphone turned off in time. And so while he's squalling now, he's squalling into the microphone, and it's reverberating through this bill. He's a grown man squalling, crying. And one of my men sitting in the back was standing behind a teenage boy who was probably 16 years old. And that teenage boy looked over to his dad and said, I'd never do something like that. Does that scare you? I'd never humiliate myself. Well, get ready. Because the Bible says God resists the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. And the Bible says we are to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And if we will not humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, God can humiliate you and me. You got that? And when we start putting conditions on, I would never respond that way. Then you're just putting calluses on your heart and you are getting farther from God. You are not getting closer and this old boy, he came squalling down that altar, and he didn't care. Why? Because he got desperate. And what we need in the church today is a holy desperation for God. We need God to show up, and we need God to demonstrate. And we need to say, God, take me, search me, show me, help me, God, to be yielded to you and be on her face before the Father. She was coming, crawling to God. She didn't care what other people thought. See, that's part of our issue. We, we worry about what, what other people thought. She got up early that morning to get there. Why? Because she knew she was going to be crawling. She knew it was going to take a long time. And, and, and in the perception, she, she didn't worry about the perception. See, in the Old Testament, as she had an issue of blood, she was an outcast from society. She was not supposed to mingle, per se. And, and can you imagine? Here's this crawling woman, and she's trying to get to Jesus. And here comes these old people over top of her saying, Get out of the way, woman! And they're spitting on her, and they're kicking her, and they're sitting there saying, What are you doing, woman? Get out of the way! Can't you tell we got things? He's like, get home, woman. You ain't got no business here, woman. She didn't quit, did she? We'd all be tempted to go back home after the first person spat on us, kicked us, stepped on us, cussed us. 
But she was determined. She was getting to Jesus. Despite her previous attempts, she had been to every doctor. She had been to every pharmacist. She had spent everything she had. She was going to get to Jesus. But look what it says there in verse 28. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. She was confident in his ability. Are you that confident in his ability? Not your ability, but his ability. Because he is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything you can comprehend and imagine. He is able to deliver you to the uttermost. He is able to save to the uttermost. Are you confident in the ability of Holy Christ? And so she said, I'm going to press through the crowd. I'm not stopping. I'm not going back. He, she put up with all this stuff where people were spitting and looking at her and pushing her. See, see did anybody come to church today believing God can? Because if you don't believe he can, he won't. You hear me? And here's most of our problem. I believe he can for sure, but I really don't think he's going to do that for me. Isn't that where we live? We have faith for other people, but when it comes to ourselves, sometimes that's where we struggle the most, having faith to believe, believe God can do it for me. That's why Hebrews chapter 11 says, Faith is the substance of things hope for. It is the evidence of things not seen. See, hope is not a feeling. You say, so pastor, I, 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 I just can't see hope. Hope is not a feeling. Hope is a path. And you walk the path. The path is a narrow way. The path is the cross, the cross style. Hope is a path. That's how it gets released inside your life. I don't know if I can take what I'm going through, but I know God's got this. And I'm going to trust him. Because he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that casually approach him. Is that what it says? Diligently. How diligently did you seek him this week? How diligently were you in the word of God this week? How diligently were you praying this week and on your face? How diligently did you seek God? See, because see, when we're not diligently seeking, do you know what the devil does? He attacks us to undercut our faith. He, he attacks us trying to get us distracted. And so I've heard God's voice. I've got God's word. I can walk in faith to what God's word says. But the devil attacks that same word and wants to die, wants to cause us to step aside. That's how he does. And if you've been there on Sunday nights, he gives delays. You wait through the delays. See, see, God builds faith by His Word and by difficulties, by problems. Because, see, it's in the Word, it's in the difficulties and the problems we, we show forth that we are trusting in the Word. And, and this lady, she, she came to Jesus. She's crawling now. She's been spat on, kicked, pushed around, and she's crawling. And she gets close enough behind Him, and she reaches out, and she touches the hem of His garment, and immediately she's cured of His affliction now, what happened last time you went to the doctor? Now, we went to the doctor Friday night. We got there at 7 o'clock-ish. And the doctor came in more than once, and we left at 2 a.m., and Dad still wasn't cured of his affliction. I'm going to the wrong doctor, aren't I? <laughs> this lady, she came to Christ, and he touched and met her need. Now, let me tell you something. There was an old preacher named Manly Beasley who was a powerful preacher of God 
who's passed. Manly Beasley, I heard him preach at the 1980-something Southern Baptist Convention. He would literally get off the deathbed to go preach. He had five incurable diseases. Five. And he said that God told him that he would cure him of every disease he had if that's what he wanted. Or he would raise him up with an anointing and a power from on high to preach. He said, God raised me up. And he literally would get off a deathbed to go preach the gospel. See, we have to understand sometimes God works in unusual ways. And we don't grasp what God is about. But this lady, she got cured from her affliction, and she was cured because Jesus touched her. You know, Jesus specializes in dealing with issues. And everybody in this room's got an issue. Everybody, me included. And most of the issues, our most important issues, are spiritual. We think it's financial. We think it's relational. Most of the issues we have, they are spiritual. And, and then look what it says in verse 30. Jesus said, who touched me? What do you think his disciples thought? It would be like in this room, everybody is pushed together, and you're all reaching out to touch Anthony. Ooh. And all of a sudden, they said, who touched me? And Nancy says, who touched you? Look at all these people. See, see, the disciples, when Jesus said, who touched me? The disciples said, what's up? How can we tell you? Look at this crowd of people. Everybody's touching. But you, no, but virtue went out of me. Power went out of me. Who touched me? Do you think Jesus didn't know? So why did he ask? Same reason he asked you questions and me questions. He asked. Why? Because when he asked this lady, he asked this, this lady was put on the spot. You like being put on the spot, don't you? No. You like it when the preacher calls you out to testify, don't you? Huh? See, 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 Jesus was creating an opportunity where this lady should confess him before everybody. Look what it says in verse 31. And his disciples said, see now the multitude who touched me. How do you say that? And he looked around and to the, to, about to her to see that had done this to him. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. You don't get to Jesus. You don't get right with God by bumping into him. you reach out to him. And what you find is he's already been reaching out to you as you are reaching out to him. And he said, lady, what happened? Well, well she told him all the truth. Well, what'd she say? She, she gave her testimony. And if you're saved, you have one testimony and you may have 50 other testimonies. 
You have a testimony of when you got saved. You have a testimony of when you were backslidden and you got right with God. You may have a testimony when God touched you and healed you. You may have a testimony when God made provision for you. You may have a testimony when God resurrected your marriage. You, you have un, an unbelievable number of testimonies that will be stirring inside you as you engage people in life. You are to testify. You are not to testify of yourself, but you are to testify of Him. You are to tell what He has done for you. And here's this little lady. She, she's no longer down on her knees where she's been crawling. Now she's standing straight up because she's been healed by Almighty God. And she said, everybody listen to me. Twelve years ago, twelve long years ago, I, I all of a sudden had this issue of bleeding and it wouldn't stop. And I went to the doctor, and I thought he'd give me something and he'd take care of it. And he did give me something, but it didn't take care of it. And so I went to another doctor, and he gave me something else, and it didn't take care of it. And I went to a pharmacist, and I went to, a, I went to everybody I could think of, and nobody could. And it went five years, and this issue's still going on. And it went seven years, and this issue's still going on. It's going on longer. And at ten years, I thought, I can't live this way anymore. It's about to drive me crazy. I'm hurting all the time. My mind is consumed all the time. And all of a sudden, I heard about Jesus, and I heard what Jesus had done to the gathering demoniac and I heard about what Jesus did to that withered hand man and I heard how Jesus could open up blinded eyes and I thought if I can just get to Jesus and I started early this morning and I've been spit upon and I've been kicked and I've been cussed at and I've been pushed but I was determined I'm getting to Jesus and some of you all need that same determination because you're just playing games with God you're here to look good let people see you all you're trying to do is say oh I'm a Christian but hear me your life doesn't impact nobody because you're compromised with the world. You don't have a determination. And it makes no difference. But this little lady, she's telling everybody. She said, I reached out my hand. And I felt the power of God surge inside my life. And I knew I was well again. She gave testimony. When was the last time you gave a testimony of what God did for you? Well, he ain't done that for me lately, preacher. You breathing? You think you deserve it? You have a job? You have a roof? You got a car? Four? You got clothes? You got to pick which outfit you're wearing today? God ain't done that for me lately. You're healthy. You're not dealing with a, with, with a wayward child. Maybe you are. But God ain't done that for me lately. You're looking through the wrong set of lenses, guys. You're looking through the wrong glasses. This little lady, she drug herself all the way to Jesus. And she took the criticism and she took the ridicule and she took the... The, the, the shame and, and she got there and she reached out that little hand and she touched him and he made her well and all of a sudden Jesus had the audacity to put her on the spot and she tested where are you going this week you going to work testify you going to hang out with your friends testify you going to the doctor testify where are you going this week Tell them about Jesus. Tell them how you got saved. Tell them how you love him. Tell them how he speaks to you through the word. Testify. What do you think that crowd did? They probably just like us. They probably would have erupted in applause. And this lady, they walked over, kicked and sped on. All of a sudden, now she's a trophy of God's grace. 
and then a runner shows up. You know what Jesus is doing? Jesus is going to Jairus' house. And then a runner shows up and said, don't bother the master any longer. Your baby girl's dead. And Jairus is going, why did he have to stop? I mean, she's been dealing with this 12 years. One more day wouldn't have made no difference, would it? He could have got her on the way back. Isn't that how we think? Why, Lord, did you, did you have, he's not saying it out loud, it's going on in his mind. And, and, and all of a sudden, his spirit is just deflated. And I believe Jesus looks at him and says, I got this. Don't worry. Let's go. See, see sometimes God delays. You've lived long enough to know that, don't you? But a delay is not a denial. It's just a delay. It might be a delay of 40 years. It's just a delay. You're to be steadfast and you're to be faithful in the midst of the delay. And so Jesus, he looks at Jairus and says, let's go. Nothing's changed on this side, is it? I'm still Christ. I'm still the Son of God. I still have power in my touch. I still have authority in my mouth. I am Christ Jesus. Let's go. get there and by the word of God he raises her from the dead what's greater being touched from a disease or being raised from the dead amen listen to me three unique individuals crazy man who's demonized you got a man of clout who's got death and you've got this diseased woman they're all different but they all came to the same place they came to the feet of Jesus some of y'all need to break your invitation routine and come to the feet of Jesus today because that's the only place where you're going to know the touch of God So what is God saying to you? As you bow your heads and close your eyes, let me ask you a question. What mess have you got going on in your life? And you've tried everything you know to try, but it's not getting any better. What issue is taking place inside your life? Reach out to Christ. Obey what God is saying to you now. Trust Him. Lost man, woman, boy, or girl. There's salvation in no other name, only in the name and the person of Jesus Christ. And, and if you will respond, somebody can show you with an open Bible how to be saved. But you have to say, yes, Christ, I, I look to you, I trust you, I respond to you. Church member? Lost church member? Today's the day. Guest, visitor, the altar's open. Maybe you just need to come and, and find a spot here and pour your burdens over to Christ. 
Because, see, Jesus has power. Jesus has authority. Jesus can touch and move. Are you desperate yet? Are you willing to crawl? What's it going to take? Father, we bow before you this morning. And God, is 